just being able to actually walk somewhere and not feeling out of breath, not getting back pains or anything like that. Mm. Um, when I started my journey, I had high blood pressure. Um, I was borderline diabetic. I suffered from migraines and, and all of that's reversed. I don't have any of that anymore. No symptoms oh, of it. Yeah. Even when I used to get ill, it took forever to, to get over it. Um, yeah. Whereas now, like, my immune system's a lot better. So yeah, a lot can change. And obviously, clothes and stuff like that is amazing. Yeah. It's amazing feeling when you can actually go into shops and buy what you want. I mean, I was buying 6XL t-shirts online and it was you were only buying it because it's the only thing that fit. Hmm. Whereas now I can go into a shop and I can wear what I want. Just probably laugh at my fashion sense, <laughs> but yeah, this is what I like. Um, and I feel comfortable wearing it. And then welcome back to another episode of Slimming Stories. I'm your host, Claire Oldham West. I've decided to record the introduction to the podcast for the second week. And honestly, it's just taken it all out of me. I keep checking, I keep re-recording. It's, I don't know, I don't know if it's out of pressure that this is going to be on video. And I'm really conscious of not to stumble or mumble or say something wrong. So I'm just going to, this is the last time I record this. This is about the sixth take I've tried. So, breathe Claire, keep breathing. Today's guest is Aaron Snares. Aaron Snares is a slimming world sticker rock through and through. He has had a great success story with Slimming World. He's lost over 16 stone in weight. And you know, it's really not easy, is it? When you've got to that point where you recognise that, you know, it's not just a couple of stone that you've got to lose. You've really got to dig deep and think about what will work. Luckily, Aaron was able to find Slimming World and that really did work for him. But it's not that Slimming World is a magical plan. It really isn't. You know, Aaron has had his, his tough days. He's had those days where it felt that he just couldn't do it. He's put weight back on at times and it's always been consistent at recognising that deep down, this is a plan that really does work for him. So he's got back up and is recommitted to his slimming journey and the weight's come back off. It's lost over 16 stone with Slimming World. And if you're at the end of the year and you're thinking, what's happened? <laughs> what's happened to 2020? You know, that weight loss didn't happen. I do feel that Aaron will be off to motivate you and help you to see that there is light at the end of the tunnel, no matter what plan you follow. I feel that, you know, on Tuesday when I publish the transformation photograph of Aaron, if you're not already following him on Instagram, you will see that this is a guy that has just really believed in what it means to, to lose weight. When I started to record this episode, it was at the beginning of the summer and it was before Aaron had his new addition to his family. So he's now a proud dad. And I think that has helped us to to motivate him just to carry on on those on those rough days. And we, we all have them, don't we? We all have them. And no matter what plan you're on, whether it's Weight Watchers or Keto, we all have those times where we feel, you know, I've had enough. I can't do this anymore. And I think Aaron's story will really inspire you to believe that you can do this. You can do this. It's lost over 16 stone. You know, that's such a fantastic achievement. It really is. It's no secret that Aaron suffers with anxiety and has been really vulnerable in this podcast interview. 
And I, I love the fact that he's done that. And there's a guy and he's shown up and he's just been been his lovely self and he's got a great a great slimming story to share. So is introducing Aaron Stairs to Slimming Stories. How would you describe your relationship with food, Aaron? At, at what point did you feel, okay, everything's fine, I've got no issues with food. Can you even remember a time that you felt comfortable around food and didn't obsess around it or think about how this would affect your weight? Um, for me, I've, to be fair, I never really thought about it. For me, it was like um, I was eating and it, like, the weight wasn't really affecting me. So, I mean, I've always been quite big from, I'd say, from the age of maybe eight years old. I just put it down to family genes that I was big. So I was just eating and it didn't really matter. But when I think it was, I got to the age of about 16 um, and then I started getting my own regular money a little bit from doing paper rounds and stuff like that. So I was just going out, buying takeaways, loads of sweets with my friends. And it wasn't until about the age of 18 when alcohol became legal for my age, obviously. I was actually going out every maybe two, three nights a week and it wasn't just your five, six drinks each night. It was literally, I was going overboard. And because I was bigger, I just didn't feel like it was affecting me. And I was always like a big drinker, so I was always having competitions with my friends and stuff like that. It's just, just like lads, you know what lads are like. <laughs> All the bands and stuff. Um, so yeah, I was around about the age of 18, I actually started to put the, the, the weight on, well, it was spiral, let's say. But the thing is, I was a football coach at the time. It was, it was kind of hard because you, you're trying to be a role model for kids um, and you're putting on weight and parents are watching you coach their children and you just you don't feel like you're a role model and obviously football being like the sport I love you can't be that model to kids and you can't then go and play the sport you love as well because you are getting bigger yeah and I mean a few times I like while I was coaching as well I, I had kids heckling me for my size as well which oh. not coming from a child not very, very nice coming from a child is it really um, no. anyone anyone really but yeah I mean that's when I realized things were getting a bit out of hand I left my sports coaching job. I got a good job in the city in London. It was good money for my age. At the time, when you're working in central London, I, I, every time I was waking up in the morning, I didn't have time to go and to make my lunches. Well, I made the excuse I couldn't make my lunches and stuff like that. Yeah. So it was grab and go. Um, and working in the city, I wasn't getting home till late. So I was having a takeaway for lunch, a takeaway for dinner. And yeah, it just got completely out of hand. My journey into work was like two hours a day. So I was having to get up at like half four, five o'clock just to get into work. I really fancy something big, so I'd pick up like a bag of crisps or stick it in a sandwich. But it wouldn't just be one sandwich, it'd be two sandwiches because it was just quick to go and it just, that would fill me up. So yeah, it was, more, it was more just hectic lifestyle and I just didn't make time for myself. So what time would you arrive back home then after, the, after this really long day? So like I say, again, if... If I finish, sometimes I'd finish at seven o'clock, so I wouldn't be mm. getting home till about nine o'clock. So eating a big heavy takeaway at like nine o'clock in the evening or something like that is yeah. the best thing for you, really. No, and at the time I think it feels you know it's a convenience, isn't it? That taste of food and a lot of a lot of takeaway food is full of sugar as well. It's so not that it's just addictive, but it's that kind of instant that rush, that feel good factor. And I guess if you've been at work all day. You've been on these long commutes. It's it's quite nice. I think. Well, I've got this lovely meal to look forward to. 
Exactly, yeah. Jump on the train and you can just eat it there and then as well. That's Absolutely. So after working all day and having this lovely takeaway, how did you feel in your physical self? How, how was you on the sofa? You know, you've had a, a hard day at work. How did you feel in your body at that time? I tell you what, it's, it's like a five minute satisfaction. You're looking forward to it, you have it. It feels good for that five minutes, but then afterwards you just feel like, why did I eat that? It feels really heavy on me or I feel really sluggish. And I mean, being the size I was anyway, I was always sluggish, but eating that just makes it a, a ton worse. Yeah. Um, whereas now, like, I'd rather not, I'd, well, that five minute satisfaction is nothing compared to a lifetime of happiness like, that you get now from not having it and having healthier foods. Exactly. And I know I've been reading a lot of your posts on Instagram and one of the reasons I wanted to get you on was just to have a honest conversation around binge eating and I know that sometimes it feels that the pressure's there and and sometimes it feels that you know you've had this fantastic weight loss uh, but sometimes it feels that those habits although they're well in the past that they sometimes something can bring it to the forefront can't it how can you describe that now having lost weight feeling those those feelings so those feelings that you've you kind of out of control with the food and that you just want to eat and binge yeah of course I mean I suffer with my mental health as well so that's a huge strain on me sometimes I mean the last few weeks with lockdown I've actually been struggling myself and put on quite a considerable amount of weight um, in about three weeks um, and then I'll be oh, I'll be back on it tomorrow um, I know I know the plan works I can get back on it but it's easy to get back into old habits it's harder to get yourself back out of it and I think I was just, obviously I was having that one day and then carrying on, just carrying on. And I was just literally doing it every day, which is, it wasn't good for me. Again, I started slipping back into my old ways of being sluggish and stuff like that and getting out of breath. And I could feel, I could feel that I was putting on the weight. And, and I think for people like onlookers, maybe family, who don't have an issue with the weight or friends, it's very hard to describe binge eating. I know that when I'm in... When I'm in that moment where I'm eating and I recognise that I'm not eating for hunger, I recognise that another chocolate bar isn't going to feel like, oh, fantastic, it's chocolate, because I'd had that many chocolate bars before that point. Getting out of that cycle, and sometimes for me, it feels like I just need to get it out of my system. And I know that point comes, otherwise I would be double the weight that I'm now. There'll come a point where something will click, and it'll be right, Claire, what you're doing to yourself. So we just want to talk a little bit about that and how that feels how that feels for you when you're in that moment. As I say, there's quite a lot of times where I've struggled throughout, but like I always find looking back on your old photos and stuff like that, um, that was like this time, this time when I had my struggles, I remember just looking at, back at a picture at my lightest last year in September. Um, and I was thinking, do you know what? I'm not happy where I am at the moment. I, I, I need, I'm the only one that can do something about it. And it's the words that my nan said to me before she passed away. And she's obviously my motivation for my journey. And she said that you can only do this for yourself. You, like, you know what to do. Go and do it. Them words always play in my head like throughout this whole journey. And I, I made her the promise that I was going to do it. It's not as easy as that. But I always look back and think of them words that she always says to me. And then it always sort of kicks me back into mind. Um, I find that motivation again. I mean, this time I've, when I did have my struggles the other week, 
I sat down with my partner as well, and she gave me a few new goals that I needed to set myself. Um, I think I got a bit complacent, and where I've already lost the weight, I'm just so used to losing. You, you sort of maintain for a while, don't you? And then, mm. like I say, you just get complacent. You think you know the plan. Sometimes you just need that refresher. Mm. Um, and that's what I've done. So Luke, my partner, Lucy, she had a word with me and said, let's set yourself some new goals. And obviously with the baby on the way, yeah. um, that's my main goal now. I mean, obviously my nan's always been my, my motivation for my journey. There's a, comes a point where you've got to set yourself new goals. So my nan will always be my motivation, but now it's my baby on the way. Um, and always, me, me, me and Lucy sat down and we basically said that I'm not very comfortable taking off my T-shirt and stuff like that in public. Um, so my goals, like one of my main goals now is to be able to actually, when the baby's born, um, to be able to have skin to skin with the baby, um, feel comfortable in doing so. So that is, that's my, well, my little, my click. Mm. Love it. And you know, you've got so much to look forward to. And I know that you, your nan will be proud of, of how far you've actually come and babies can be hard work that's so rewarding and that that love that you will feel when that baby is born honestly you've got so many magical times to come as well as sleepless nights so it's really important it's really important that you're well so just want to explain to the guests who aren't aware of your journey of your starting weight okay yeah so um, when i started slim world i was 30 and a half stone um so i was probably a little bit more um, just before I started, but I'd sort of done my little plan before, um, which I'd done quite well for about three weeks. But then that's when I started to slip away again. And then Slim World, I, I'd been told about it before. Um, and then obviously, with my nan's words, I made the decision to go to Slim World. And yeah, started at 30 and a half stone. It wasn't the nicest of feeling stepping on the scales to see that, but I'm, I'm, yeah, well, I'll never look back. It was the best thing I've ever done. Brilliant. And how much did you lose in total on that plan? So I lost 16 and a half stone in total. Wow. Brilliant. I mean, that, that you know, it takes a lot of hard work, doesn't it? It takes a lot of hard work just to get there. And 100%. before you stepped on the scales, on those Simmons World scales, before your nan had that conversation with you, did you feel that you were just in like a loop and you were just going through the motions? Did you feel that there's nothing inside you that you could that could push through to to make a change, or did it literally just take your nan on a obviously a last days to to have that conversation with you? Yeah, I mean, obviously, when you when you go for these diet plans, you you always think it's just going to be the same. You're going to go there, you'll do well for a couple of weeks, and then you'll lose the motivation to do it. Um, and you like I say, you do well, and then you just slip away. But um. I think it was it was my nan's words because I mean she basically said to me that you've seen how I've struggled with like terminal cancer you wouldn't want that for yourself you wouldn't want that for your family you no know, weight is a big cause of cancer mm. um, and obviously seeing my nan suffer like that that's just not something I wanted to put myself through but more importantly I didn't want my family to to have to deal with that again um, and with me being such a young age as well it's not not ideal. So yeah, I think it was more more than my nan's words. I think if I hadn't have had them words of my nan and on my sister's wedding day, I probably wouldn't have been as successful as I am, I don't think. I mean, I went in 
with the words in my head. And I just basically said I was going to set myself small goals along the way because every time I've done it, I've just put so much pressure on myself. Yeah. Going straight in with exercise and the diet plan. It was just too much for me. Whereas I just wanted to take it like take it a step at a time. First week I lost eight and a half pounds and I was just like, Well, <laughs> how does Gosh. this how does this happen? Yeah. So I was like, how yeah. does this happen in one week? Um, it's taken me what fifteen or some fifteen years, whatever, to put on the weight and then you can yeah. lose it that quick in one week. So yeah, that's that's what kept me going. That that first week, if I hadn't lost that first week and my nan's words, I probably wouldn't be where I am today. No. And did it feel once you got into the diet plan, did it feel that you was really focused and or did it feel like quite a struggle? I won't lie, it's there's there's been a lot of struggles throughout. Like I say, mentally it's just it can be very challenging at points and then you do have your life hurdles in the way. You still have to go out and enjoy yourself with your friends and stuff. So you've explained about going to work, being really busy, buying, you know takeaways and one thing or other was there anything that you knew right okay i need to change this for next week is there anything that you had to drastically change before you knew that you would be successful on this plan yeah i mean i changed quite a lot i mean sometimes like i said i was having breakfast some some days i wouldn't i wouldn't have breakfast so i'd go all the way through to lunchtime but then i'd be really hungry then i'd have the big takeaway so i made sure that i was having three meals a day and I mean, a lot of people say about my portion size, but what I do is I now I pack my portions for three portions a day, obviously with the better things. So I have like the speed on the plate and my, my free foods and stuff. So I wouldn't pick in between because I know I'd be full up on my three meals a day. Whereas beforehand, I wasn't, I wasn't doing that at all. I would miss meals. then I'd have my takeaways and stuff. Yeah. But it was never, it was never really on my plate maybe one salad one bit of salad or a little bit of vegetables it was yeah, never yeah that feeling <laughs> yeah like um the majority of my meals would just be like chips in a fryer full fat burgers and stuff like that it's, mm. it was it wasn't it was like greasy food really and i've never yeah. any healthy nutritional stuff on the plate so at this point was you like rediscovering vegetables and the the good stuff yeah, so, I mean, so to be fair, from the beginning, there was quite a few stuff, quite vegetables I didn't like. Um, I'm the same. That's the, yeah, that's I mean, but since I've been doing the plan, I've actually, like, well, to be fair, my family are all chefs, so wow. I've never really had an excuse. You know, like, I've watched them all cook. Um, yeah. I never liked, I never liked cooking. So since being on Stephen One, I've actually discovered a liking for cooking. Oh, and it's actually like, it's, yeah, it's quite a bit, a bit of a hobby for me now. I, just, I like changing things up and I actually get mm. a bit experimental with food as well. So now I am actually eating a lot of spice. I'm eating a lot of different vegetables, different speed foods, really. For example, like I, at the beginning of the plan, I never eat, would eat beetroot or gherkins and little things like that. Adding them into your meals now, it's really, well, I think it's really nice. But Definitely. And I think as well, it can give it some colour content. I think it's nice just to look at a, a plate of food. I mean, I love Asian food and I think often with Asian food, you'll see all the, the colours of the peppers and the, the spices and just to make it look, you know, appetising. And I'm like yourself, when I'm not on plan, my food is basically a custard, white bread and cake. It's just really, mm. really, really rubbish. And I fry or still come out. I'll put all the oil in there and I'll literally just have chips and mayonnaise. So it's just, it's kind of a case of like stepping back, 
and thinking, right, okay, this is a food I can have. What can I do to make the most of that? I think you're a cookbook waiting to happen. If all your family are chefs, <laughs> want to see that? I want to see that. I'd buy that absolutely. So I know you're quite lucky that you've got all you know family chefs. Have they been helping you? When I was living at home, yeah, they helped quite a lot. Like if I was putting something in the meal that my mum didn't think would look right, she'd be like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> uh, now I've got Lucy telling me off all the time. I mean, oh. even though I've got a family of cooks as well, my presentation isn't the best. So I'm learning. No. I'm learning. No. Um, I mean, yeah, like you say about the colourful colourful plate and stuff, I mean, a lot of my Instagram stuff, as you've probably seen, I get quite a few comments on it saying that your plate is very colourful, oh, <laughs> which is there always a good thing. It is, it is. I sometimes think, gosh, if I'm going to put it on Instagram, I've got to kind of wipe the plate. <laughs> I never post the ones that look like really grim, and I don't know how people do fried eggs, because whenever I do a fried egg, it looks ridiculous. I've never post that on Instagram but there are you know I think Instagram is great and it's a lovely community and I think there's some lovely meals and, and people that you can follow just to get some some inspiration so you've obviously taken yourself to group you've lost that weight and you've got the support from your consultant your group and Instagram so do you feel that people are, are coming to you now for advice because I know that You've got a quite quite a popular account. Do you feel that is the case, and that you need to kind of be a, like a role model, if you like? To be fair, I don't really see it as that. I I post it to obviously to keep account for myself. It definitely helps me along the way, blogging all my food and stuff. But it's nice to know that people do come to you as well and kind of see you as an inspiration as well. I take full advantage of this, the great support and the community of Instagram and Facebook. Again, that's another reason why I am where I am, um, because I've got so many people on there that I can turn to um, and ask for a little bit of advice or some tips or anything like that. It's, it's definitely nice to know that people do come to you and they ask you for help. So yeah. from somebody that suffers from time to time with mental health and I have those dark times like a lot of people do um, and then I have those dark times that are really dark because I suffer from PTSD. It can be it can be tricky when to talk about your emotions sometimes when it is when you're going through those dark times and even myself I think you know okay let we'll 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 reveal this but we're not revealed that or we'll maybe we'll tell the family this but just a little portion just so they know that I'm struggling but I'm not going to go into full detail because I don't want to upset them or stress them out so when you talk about your mental health struggles and I know that you're open about that on Instagram do you get those same feelings that you can give away so much but you don't want to give the full picture because you don't want to upset others you just want to talk a little bit about that and how how, you, how that affects you yeah I mean obviously you don't really want to burden any other, anyone else with your problems um for me like I think where I went to counselling and stuff, they obviously, when, when the counsellors, they actually said to me, like, maybe try and, well, they tell you to speak a little bit more, don't they? Um, I have that support in my family. I have that support with my consultant and stuff. So I, I like to be open about it. I'm, I mean, I'm completely open about my mental health issues and stuff. How do you get triggered with your mental health? Can you pinpoint any triggers or is it still a work yeah. in progress? I mean, it's still a work in progress. I mean, it would never go. Um, Mine is a lot to do with my nan, because um, that's when around about the time when my mental health started to kind 
come into play. Um, obviously, I was always I was struggling beforehand with like being bullied and stuff like that. But I think that was just like that slowly came in from there. Um, but my nan was my main trigger, um, like missing her all the time, and obviously thinking about her. Um, mm. Now, obviously, like you say, with parents, yeah, parenthood coming up, um, just knowing that you're gonna have the pressure. Like, obviously, it's a nice pressure. Um, yeah, yeah. And a rewarding one, like wanting to be the best best parent you can be. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there there is this, there's so much. And what are your biggest challenges at the moment? Would you say with the fact that you're going to be a new dad, first time parent, and from time to time you suffer with your with your mental health? What what is the biggest challenge that you that you have? Is it your focus? Or is it that you need to change routine? Yeah, for me, my big struggles have been routine. Um, like, I have such, I do have a routine all the time. Like, I don't adapt to change very well, um, especially when it's massive changes as well. Obviously, being on furlough at the moment, I'm used to getting up at five o'clock in the morning, getting my breakfast or my lunch ready, like going for a little walk or a little run before I go get, get on the train into London. Wow. Um, so, so yeah, having having not having that at all is is really affecting me. I mean, we always say that we haven't really got the time to go out and exercise and stuff like that. But I mean, so that like while we've been in um, lockdown, that's the perfect opportunity to do it, haven't we? So I mean, we kind of make excuses. We make excuses, but yeah, I think just routine and stuff has just been a major major cause of, um, of my struggles lately. Absolutely. <clears throat> and do you feel? that you've taken the opportunity to do more exercise because I, I was the same as you I was thinking right okay Claire you work full time you do your podcast you've got all these things going on and I've been on I'm still furloughed and I'm quite lucky that I've not had any effects with my pay or anything like that and I'm thinking great I can do x y and z I can, I can go out I can do the runs you know I can be like that perfect like new runner I'll be amazing yeah. I'll be running you know 10k's you know, all this time I've been thinking the reason that my house isn't super tidy is because I've not got time and actually I just don't want to do it. <laughs> I just don't want to do it. And I think the same applies to exercise. Can you relate to that? No, 100%. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm an avid gym goer. I love going to the gym and stuff. So obviously with the gyms being closed, it's, it's just been playing on my mind so much. Mm. Um, and there's like, I'm, not really, I'm not really one that likes to go and run on the street. I like to be in, in the middle of nowhere and just put my headphones on and go with it, but on the streets and stuff. That's where all my anxiety triggers, because in the past yeah. where I've done it, that's when I, when I was bigger, people would shout at me and heckle me along the street. Um, really? Yeah, like, you know, people driving past in cars and they're calling you names and stuff. Um, so that triggers my anxiety a lot. So I, that's why I like to do my runs like in the, in the middle of nowhere and just yeah. a bit of quiet like, quiet and privacy to yourself and definitely yeah, just get lost in the moment <laughs> i can't believe that anybody would would heckle somebody I, I, that's I, oh that's just <laughs> i can't believe anybody anybody yeah. would do that when i've been to the, when i've been at the gym and somebody a larger size when i say larger like a morbidly obese person has been at the gym i've got so much respect the fact that they're there and they're taking that effort you know their effort is probably 100 times compared to my effort yeah i mean i wouldn't I challenge that a little bit. I wouldn't let that, you know, 
that stopped you from going out and running. Shame on them. That's disgusting. Yes. I can't believe I heard that. Honestly, just why it really winds me up while anybody would stoop that low. And I think, you know, when they sat behind a car and they zoom off, I think they're clever, don't they? Just as, as you know, some people on Instagram will troll people that are, you know, could be quite popular and then they don't think nothing of it. And I just think these are people, you know, yeah. keep your opinions to yourself. Yeah, you say you say it there, really. You've, you've said about the trolls and stuff on Instagram. I mean, recently I've been having messages myself coming from people who've gone on to so-called sites and just putting trolling, trolling words about people, putting nasty messages about myself on there. So, again, that's another thing that plays in your mind. I mean, I don't know I've done anything wrong, but... You haven't. Yeah. And, you know, these people could be sat on a mountain in the middle of nowhere nothing else to do and it's just type type and then away and then they're not really they're not really interested yeah. i think when it comes to trolls what you need to recognize is that they they see something in you that is desirable and they just want to mess things up and give you a, a hard time and, and not to not to give in to them and i think if you just see it as noise literally not as words as noise and that's their noise yeah. and it's nothing to do with you then i think don't don't quit what you're doing but i know i've have heard from other people that i've other guests that i've interviewed that some people have had to come off social media especially you know like yourself you've you've been open about your mental health on there and your anxiety and then you've got other people i've heard there's actual sites about regarding trolls as well that people can go on and and i just think it's surely have we got to that point where the only way that you can spend your evening is to be bitter and make somebody unhappy? It's just, oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's really, really horrible. But I think, you know, you've, you've got a lot of support on there. So I wouldn't, let, I wouldn't let that get you down. I really, really wouldn't. 100%, yeah. Exactly. So when you've been jogging and you've heard these negative things and when you've had these horrible names from, from trolls, does it make you feel any shame? Can you block it all out? Yeah, I think it depends what, what state of mind you're in, really. Um, when I'm in a good place, it doesn't really bother me. But with my struggles recently, then that's when it sort of, yeah, it plays on your mind a bit. To be fair, it was a few weeks ago that I started to hear about some of the comments on Tattle, which is probably the thing that affected me and sort of, sort of sent me back into that mode of um, it was affecting me. Um, I think someone put someone on there about um, since he's won his title, um, he's piled on a bit of timber. And there was a few other little comments on there, and I was just like, there's just no need for it. And I mean, and I know I've put on the pound, a few pounds uh, locked down, but to, to see it or to hear it from someone, mm. that's, yeah, that's when it's in just spiraling again. But I'm back in that good place. So, exactly. Like with when people have been sending me these comments lately, it's not really been affecting me. So it's just, right. again, like I said, it depends on what mood set you're in at the time. Absolutely, definitely. Mm. And what do you feel has been the biggest change since you've lost this weight? Having been at that size, with obviously the restrictions that extra weight would would bring, how do you feel in, in your physical body now that you're able to go out and you're able to run? And you're able to go to the gym and enjoy it when it's open. <laughs> how do you feel? How do you feel in your in your physical self? What are the changes that you've experienced? Do you know what? It's it's been amazing. Like literally, you feel on top of the world for it. And basically, we have a family football team, and I gave up playing after a year because um, I just felt like a fraud. Uh, um, I didn't have 
kit that fit me. So I was always having to have custom made fits coming in and um, coming in for me. Mm. Um, and people like, again on the pitch would take the mick out of me for my size. Um, I used to be a, I used to be an outfield player, and I slowly ended up being back on goal as a goalkeeper because I just wasn't able to move around. Right. Um, so I gave up football then. Stopped playing for about seven years. Uh, I think yeah, last year I came back um, after losing quite a lot of the weight and started playing again. It's my winning goal, and I could come out on pitch if I wanted to. Um, and we actually won the league in our first year back. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, in that time of obviously hanging up my boots, I was, I was managing one of the teams. It just wasn't the same. Um, but coming back and actually winning winning the league in your first season back um, felt amazing. Yeah. Like I'm feeling a lot more active. When I first started my journey, it was like just little 20-minute walks around the park every here and there. It was only it was about six months you know I started doing body magic and stuff. But yeah, it was about twenty minute walks around the park every other day. Just slowly built myself up. But yeah, it just it's amazing what you can do now. I mean, like last year we done a charity walk. We actually climbed Snowden last year because we were it was obviously a lockdown. And then this year obviously we were meant to do Snowden again, but we ended up doing a coastal walk. So we walked uh, four different coasts. Lovely. Yeah. So I mean. Just being able to actually walk somewhere, not feeling out of breath, not get back pains or anything like that. Mm. Um, when I started my journey, I had high blood pressure. Um, I was borderline diabetic. I suffered from migraines and, and all of that's reversed. I don't have any of that anymore. No symptoms oh, of it. Yeah. Um, even when I used to get ill, like, it would take forever to, to get over it. Um, yeah. Whereas now, like, my immune system's a lot better. So yeah, a lot can change, and obviously clothes and stuff like that is amazing. Yeah. It's an amazing feeling when you can actually go into shops and buy whatever you want. I mean, I was buying six XL T-shirts in online, um, and it was you were only buying it because it's the only thing that fit. Mm. Whereas now I can go into a shop and I, want, I can wear what I want. Um, yeah, and people may more people probably laugh at my fashion sense, <laughs> but it's it's what I like. Um, <laughs> And then I feel comfortable wearing it. <laughs> it quite made me laugh, actually, when you said to me that, you know, you're a little bit shy before we did this interview. And I'm thinking, I'm sure I've seen you on your Instagram account and you've been, like, dancing around and putting wigs on and stuff. Like, is this the same that's guy? Alcohol. Is this the same guy? I think he's lying to me. That's alcohol, that is. <laughs> is that alcohol, like, all right, okay. <laughs> the dancing. And I think lockdown may have um, sent me a bit crazy. <laughs> Bless you. TikToks have probably got a bit out of hand and dressing up. <laughs> Uh, but I think your colours are there, certainly in your clothes anyway. And it's yeah, it's nice, isn't it, just to to shop and be able to to buy what you want rather than thinking, God, I've got to buy this because it because it fits. How supportive has your partner been with you on plan? So that's the good thing about my partner. She's actually on the same world plan as well. On Sunday, we normally plan ahead. I go out and do the shopping because obviously she's pregnant. Um, she doesn't really want to go out to the shops at the moment. No. So yeah, we do all that. We do our planning and stuff. We take it in turns to do the cooking because I think she's probably a little bit better, but we won't tell her that. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, it's it's a lot easier having someone on the similar plan because she just gets it and she understands each other for it. Oh, I'm so excited for you. Honestly, you've got you've got so much so much good stuff to come. But get your sleep. Make sure you get your sleep now. Don't. <laughs> Don't leave it. Make sure you get those sleeps in. If you're napping in the day, just go for it. Sure, you will both both need that for sure. 
So mm -hmm. if you could give one piece of advice to any, any of the guests listening out there, what would it be in terms of just getting started? I think the main thing is just believing in yourself. If you believe in yourself, it, it will all fall into place. Embrace the plan because the plan works. So, yeah, embrace the plan. Make sure that you do go to a group each week if, if you are a group member because the support is, is like second to none. It's amazing. Um, and I think you sort of form that. You, you kind of form a second family when you go to a group as well because um, they're always there to support you and stuff. Um, yeah. And also... With me, um, I obviously went in knowing that I had 16 and a half stone to lose. Well, originally it wasn't, it was 14 and a half stone because I hit target twice. But I knew I had a lot to lose and it seemed very off-putting and distant. So I went in this time round, setting myself small individual goals that I knew that were achievable. Just took my time, got the balance with food first um, and then started exercising and gradually building it up. And I, th I thought that definitely worked better. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's been lovely to chat with you, Aaron. Thanks a lot for your time. It's been a great, mm. great chat. And I know that this will inspire lots of people out there. And I can't wait to see those photos of baby. It's been a pleasure to be on with you. You're welcome. You take care. Thank you. To think that this guy's lost over 16 stone is just, you know, you, know, you hear it, don't you, on the podcast week in, week out, these great, great transformation stories. and it's just remarkable and to think that he's, he's made such a positive impact on his health is, is just amazing. It really is. So please go and show Aaron some support on Instagram. You can find his account at snaresylad underscore SW and that's spelled S-N-A-R-E-S-Y-L-A-D underscore SW. And if this episode has inspired you, please consider sharing it with your friends and family. If you'd like to inspire other people like yourself that just need a bit of help just to focus after 2020, which has been just a, a crazy year, but we're not over yet. And I've got some great guests still to come. So thank you so much for tuning in to Simming Stories. Until next week, take care and have a great one.